you found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. Welcome back into the 1 o'clock hour here on the Ken Miller Show. Trent Condon and myself with you for the next hour. Uh, coming up in about oh, 18 minutes or thereabout, Dylan Montz from the Ames Tribune will be here. Uh, he was at Matt Campbell's press conference as well as a number of the players that were made available. So we'll pick Dylan's brain, get the latest on the quarterback position. Uh, I thought uh, that I heard uh, Matt Campbell say that it's going to be Kyle gets the start. The depth chart, just let me make sure it hasn't changed. It hasn't. It's Park or Kyle Kempt. Hmm. But I thought I heard Campbell at the press conference uh, on Cyclones TV say that it is going to be Kyle Kemp that starts this week. So we'll get the latest from Dylan Mons at 120. At 140, we will go to Chicago. Our good friend Jordan Burnfield will be here, and we will talk to him about uh, game number three, pivotal game three in the NL Divisional Series, one of them, and uh, Monday Night Football, Vikings and the Bears. Trent, just real quick on the NFL from yesterday, a couple of things stood out to me. The carnage, I mean, the stars, Yes, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., of course, and uh, J.J. Surgery Watt. today, by the way. Surgery for him today? So for what Beckham. does that mean? Is that a season Just saw a chapter report that he was undergoing surgery today. Okay. That's all so we're maybe... But I mean, look at it. if you the Giants right now. The Giants are the worst team in New York. Think about that, and by a long ways. Right. The right? Jets are in first place. <laughs> the Jets are in first place. We were talking about 0 and 16. We were. So a lot of people were. They're in first place. Yeah. Well, three and two. The Patriots, who nobody saw that coming. And uh, but, your Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they're better, aren't they? Your Cincinnati. Yes. Bengals. The Steelers aren't good. No. I'm sorry, Steelers, no. Jim. Your Steelers are not good. No, the, uh, the Jags, they made Ben Roethlisberger look bad yesterday. Yeah. And it's still Blake Bortles, so let's not... No, again. I'm, I'm just d- defensively the yes. Jags, right? Yeah. And Leonard I, Fournette. I posed this question last week, and now I'm seeing nationally it's starting to uh, convey. I like to be ahead of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Outside of the Kansas City Chiefs, who's good? Oh, Packers, Packers for sure with Aaron Rodgers. What a game that was oh, yesterday, yes. by the way. And what a game. It's what we talked about Friday. The colors, oh. the the white homes of Dallas, and yeah. the, the green and gold. It is it is beautiful. It really is. It's, it's what sports October is about, right? October afternoon, yes. uh, nothing better than no, that. No, I couldn't agree more. Buck and Aikman in the booth. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a tremendous, tremendous game. But who's good? All right, so we, we take good? those two off the board. Okay, hang on a sec, because I, I, there's got to be some other that, somebody else out there that's good. Good. Not AFC, could be good. AFC East, is there a good team there? You can't say New England's good right now. No, you can't. The Bills got beat by Cincinnati. Who's good in the North? Uh, Ravens had a nice win yesterday. They're not good. No. In, in the South? They beat A.J. Manuel. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, in the South, nobody's good. No. See, I can't say this. Broncos? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That maybe, was the one. That was the maybe? one. Maybe you. I think I'm bigger on the Broncos than most people, and well, I liked Simeon. him before the year. You you come back to Simeon. He's Alex Smith of old. Sure, he's the old Alex you can, Smith. You can be good with that. Not great. No, because they got a defense. Yeah, a defense to go right. along with it. Okay. All right. So there's so three. I got one more because I think they're. I th- after watching them dismantle the Cardinals yesterday, uh-huh. had the Chiefs on the ropes at Arrowhead. They did. The Eagles are are they're legit. And they haven't been overly healthy. Their front line is really good when mm-hmm. they're healthy. 
Mm-hmm. And Carson, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. How about that performance? Yes. Yeah. Again. Okay. So we're up to four. Okay. We got the Packers on the list. Packers are on the list. Uh, I thought Detroit was going to come back and win again late yeah, yesterday. I mean, I mean that, I that think, was such a Lions game. It wasn't it a Lions game. <laughs> it they're, they're, they're a notch below good. I, yeah. I'll agree with you. In the South, I, I, you convinced the Carolina? Not really. Atlanta? Not really. Okay. Um. See I like it? Carolina more than Atlanta right now. Do you? Yeah. Really? Cam, Cam got off so? to, well, because Cam got off to such a slow start, and mm-hmm. that was one of their losses. He's mm-hmm. played a lot better lately. Mm-hmm. And I think it was more him shaking off the rust after barely playing in the preseason. Yep. And uh, I don't know. I'm more, I bought into the lose the Super Bowl. Right. Take the hangover. Yep. yep. Almost lost to the Bears in week one. Mm-hmm. They're three and one, but they very well could be one and three. Mm-hmm. Uh, that game, the Detroit game that they had. So, yeah, I'm not a big believer. I take Carolina the over The Detroit them. game that they had, excellent point. Yeah. I agree with you. Uh, and Golden in, Tate was still in. It, well, he was. He was in. I thought he was. He was in. Uh, the NFC West, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals aren't as good as I thought they were. Niners no. are still learning how to walk. <laughs> Oh, George Kittle with the touchdown, though. George Kittle did score a touchdown <laughs> yesterday. It was as close as Golden Tate's touchdown yes. as far as uh, breaking the plane. Iowa City West uh, tweeted out because he moved back to Norman before his junior year, but a picture of him as a sophomore. Really? I mean, he looked little when he showed up on campus at Iowa. Right. Looked like he was 11 years old out there playing Is sophomore. Right? First ever uh, Iowa City West player to score a touchdown in the NFL. So I thought that was cool yeah. that they put that out Absolutely. There. Good yeah. for them for, for coming up with that. Uh, so there's your answer. How many did we come up with? Did we get four? Did we get five? Four and I a half. I think Carolina, Carolina probably for now. Yeah. But it's 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 a weird year. Mm-hmm. This is a very odd year. Can you can you see the Patriots coming back and retaining yeah. that? Yeah. I do too. Yeah. And defense Their defense approved. was better. Yes. Yes. And it helped the Jameis, that guy. If if you're well, a, and the Bucks don't have a kicker, that helped too. One of, one of my buddies is a Buccaneers fan. Poor bastard. I, could, could you imagine watching that guy week in and week out? Drive me up a wall. Yeah, he goes from looking like a Hall of Famer absolutely to garbage. teases you is what yes. he does, Trent. Yeah. Teases you. Baseball wise, what surprised you so far, if anything? Uh the comeback Dodgers, out of the, the Nationals. The, the, okay, the Dodgers. The fact that they're having, we thought. In the month of September, because we said it a bunch since we've been doing this, the Diamondbacks aren't scared of the Dodgers, mm-hmm. right? We right. said that a lot. Yep. Thought this was going to be a good series. Not looking like it's going to turn out that way. They got the guy they want tonight. They get Granky on the mm-hmm. mound. And back at he home. He had to pitch the wild card game, which yep. is unfortunate for their so, rotation in this. You, you got bounce back there. But Robbie Bray wasn't very good. I was, Which surprises me I was because I like him. Yeah, but remember, he pitched in relief yeah, he did. in that game. Yep. So things get thrown off, and again, when we talked about should they change the rules after the wild card, this is why it's good mm-hmm. because as teams evolve and we're seeing more and more teams go with more starters in that wild card game, mm-hmm. well, then it hurts you for the division series and mm-hmm. it does help whoever yep. wins the division. So uh, back to that point, yeah, I still like the way it's set up. But yeah, a little bit surprised. I was surprised that Cubs gave up that lead. Yeah, in game two. It felt, it just right. had the feeling that 2 nothing coming back home with yep. the chance to sweep. And then Bryce Harper came to the plate. Hey, boy, Zimmerman. he just crushed it. So uh, my niece, I was watching Edwards the game with hung her. one and boom. <laughs> and she let out a yell. Huge Cubs fan. And she goes, I hate Bryce Harper. I'm like, you got to be you got to be the only 12-year-old kid. That, yeah, and then I said that. And, oh, yeah, that's right. He likes uh, he likes Chris Bryant, doesn't he? I'm like, yeah, they're buddies. By the way, did you see the, the um, public service, I guess you want to call it that, him and Bryant for Las yeah. Vegas, yes. two residents. You know, back this Friday, and I know this is getting a long time ago now in, mm-hmm. in the uh, scope of things, Kyle Hendricks. 
yes. pitched his you-know-what off in mm-hmm. game one in that series. Yeah. He really did. I mean, did he help pitch Strasburg? I guess, right? Yeah. And Strasburg was think, good, too. No, he was good. Absolutely And good. I was able to see quite a bit of that in a rain delay up in Aikity, So What a night you had. I mean, not just you. For, across <laughs> oh, the yeah. CML. And, there, and, in fact, there's still games being played tonight. Is that right? right now? Yeah, that for whatever did they reason, start or did they? A lot of them didn't start and weren't for whatever reason able to do a Saturday game. How so. close was your game, Ankeny Ames, Centennial Ames, to not starting? Do you uh, know? Very close. They said if they got to eight thirty and they were still in a lightning delay, they were going to call it off and figure if they were going to go Saturday or Monday. Is uh, what I heard up there. But yeah, supposed they moved it up from seven to six o'clock. Right. So I'm in the car making my way to Ankeny, lightning all over the place. Yeah. And, and, I didn't even know if I was going to make it to Ankeny by 6 o'clock because traffic was backed up on 80, as you can imagine. Mm. Got up there, just pouring, run to the press box with all my equipment. Soaked. Get up there, <laughs> soaked. I mean, my papers are just drenched. And, uh, well, it's still lighting. I'm like, well, this isn't going to start at 6.30. They went from 6 to 6.30. Finally got started at 8.05. Then an hour and five-minute lightning delay during halftime of a 47 nothing game. It was a fun night. That's crazy. So you get back. You you at the time you packed up the equipment yeah. at the end of the night was eleven twenty. Jeez, back here. Did Were a there any things. other games still going at that time? Do you think? I'm sure there was, but to be honest, I wasn't looking that closely. Right. I was uh, looking for my exit strategy as quickly as possible to get out and uh, get back here. So, what, what about the fans? Did I mean the students? I'm sure stuck around some of them. Some of them, but. The aim side, which with the new press box configuration, it's beautiful out there. Is it? Now. Oh, it's, it's very nice. But with the new one, they flip-flop now, and now the home side is the far side when you walk Oh, in. I didn't know that. And that's where the new press box is up there also. So, so. the visitor side, they got some good seating they finally. Do. And they got new bleachers over on that side also. Thank you to Dennis Alba and yeah. I believe MJ Properties oh. uh, wrote a significant check for that. It's, yeah, We were talking about it in the press box during our delay. They uh, we're figuring probably seats about eight thousand now in the each set of main bleachers. Mm. So you're eight thousand plus all the standing room only that they still have. Well, because the standing room you can stand all the yes. way around the track back yep. to those trees, mm-hmm. and that's been there's been nights when the visitor side was mm-hmm. pathetically underserved, yes. and it, it honestly was mm-hmm. for years. I mean, you get Valley or Dowling coming right. out there and. Um, playoff game or whatever, um, no, or Southeast Polk. Yes, there was some big, big games before the before the school split. So, mm-hmm. so who do you have this week, kind of to wrap up our high school recap? Here? I'm still determining. I think might head to Waukee, Johnston, Waukee. Because you haven't done a Waukee game in a week. <laughs> it's been a couple weeks. I a, I've gotten a hard time. I've been called a Waukee homer. I, I get called a Valley homer many times because yeah. I taught there. But uh, I understand that. Never been a call to Waukee Homer till this year. It'd be the third time we get the words. But I haven't seen Johnston either, and they play for the district championship. Well, that makes some sense so, to go do that game. Uh, that would be and there's the two. There's two weeks left, right? Two weeks left. Boy, yeah, it flies by, doesn't Every it? Every single year, it's an, it's incredible and a fun season this year. But still, the Dowling. No, what will you do for playoffs? Do you know? We'll still be doing play by play, and uh, we'll do that for each Friday night. Some uh, first round, quarterfinals, and then to the Unidome for the semis and the championship. Might have to teach you some things here. You might have some buttons to push. You know what I'm the be- beauty of radio is? I found this out at Kicks. You know, tape. Yeah. tape. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> we can do that? Yeah, I never absolutely. do. I never do. No, I know you don't. Well, maybe maybe once you did. Yeah, once. All right, uh, coming up, we will talk to Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune. So, baseball wise, do you like? Did you have a feel for any of these games tonight? I mean, How about they, the Cubs? Yeah, where are you? Because I don't trust Quintana. You don't. I don't. He's had two really good starts, mm-hmm. really good. But I've seen him be not even average, Trent. Yes, he worries me. He worries me. Strasburg, you don't know what you're going to get either, right? 
I mean, well, because of the injury, hamstring injury. No, that's that's. Remember fair. when Arietta came back and how bad he? I mean, absolutely. What he throw fifty some pitches at first time? So, you got that lingering on the other side. If I may, if I had to make a bet, and I did. Yeah, I know you did. I took the Cubs at plus money, plus one at one ten at home. Uh, John Jay will lead off. Chris Bryant bats second. Rizzo third. Contreras was in the cleanup spot. Oh, Javi Baez is not starting. Zobrist at second base, batting fifth. Kyle Schwarber draws in, playing left heel bat sixth. Jason Hayward in right bat seventh. Addison Russell shortstop eighth, and of course Quintana. So Jay Bryant, Rizzo, Contreras, Zobrist, Schwarber. Haywood Russell Quintana for the Cubbies today. Like it? I, I got. I think you got to play Baez every game, Trent. Do you? I just you're I, in that camp. Oh, he's so good. To, he's as good. I thought Robbie Alomar was <laughs> the best second baseman I've ever seen from for as far as making plays when nobody else could make this yeah. play. Baez is now that guy mm-hmm. where he makes plays at second base. Or it's shortstop when he's in for Addison Russell that that I don't think too many guys in the game can make. That's what separates him for me. At the plate, he's still a work in progress. He is, but a little pop off the plate. But when he hits them, they're going to go out. But he's, I mean, he he swings at everything. So they got a four two lead in the sixth. He comes in, plays second, but Zobris out, out in the left. field, out in the left. Yeah, Schwarber's day is done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just get the lead, get the defense out there, and. Wonder what the uh, ballpark conditions will be too. Jordan uh, Burnfield, I'm sure, will have that for yeah, us at one forty. We'll get a weather update. Uh, Dylan in or out? Always big. Excellent question. Uh, Dylan Mont's Ames Tribune next. More on Iowa State's historical victory, and you can use that term over Oklahoma. Uh, that's coming up next. We will head to Ames. Get the latest park. Is there an update? We'll find out from Dylan Mont. He's next. It's the Ken Miller Show. Trent Condon and myself are with you every Monday through Friday from noon until two on seventeen hundred KBGG. Afternoons, we talk sports on 1700 with Jimmy B and TC, Des Moines' savviest sports duo on the Big Talker, 1700 KBGG. It's football season, and that means it is time to find your spot for all the big games. Trent Cotton here for Draft House 50 on Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. 48 big screen TVs, all the games on college Saturdays and the NFL on Sundays. Draft House 50 in West Des Moines. But it's not just about having all the great games on. You need more than that. You need great food. Draft House 50 has just that. Huge burgers. My favorite, the pizza burger. Ground beef, Italian sausage, mozzarella cheese, little marinara, and pepperoni. Big burgers, great sandwiches, pizza. You want to go with the lighter fare? They got salads and appetizers for you as well. And you can't forget about the beer. It's in the name, Draft House 50, local beers on tap, microbrews, whatever you're in the mood for, make it Draft House 50 in West Des Moines. Your football headquarters, Draft House 50, 6240 Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. I'll see you there. Since 1993, Wolf Construction has been Des Moines' choice for residential and commercial roofing. From complete re-roofing to small leaks, call Wolf Construction at 225-8866 for your roofing needs. Call 225-8866 to set up your roofing consultation or online at wolfconstruction.net. That's wolfconstruction.net for Wolf Construction. A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. wolfconstruction.net. 
Big Al's Barbecue is happy to announce his second location is now open at the Ramada Inn at Army Post and Floor Drive. With two locations, there's no reason to miss out on some of the best barbecue in the Des Moines area. Big Al cooks all his meat low and slow to make it fall off the bone. Big Al's South now offers barbecue brunch buffet on Sundays from 11 to 3. Don't forget about the original Eastside location just 900 feet north of the AE Cows on Hubble Avenue. Come eat Southern-style barbecue cooked by an Asian man on the East Side and now open on the South Side of Des Moines. Big Al's Barbecue. When you choose Ankeny Towing for your 24-hour towing and roadside assistance needs, you'll get the fast service you need from their courteous and reliable team. From towing for cars and motorcycles to accident recovery, jump starts, lockouts, fuel delivery, tire changes, and more, you'll get superior service from Ankeny Towing. Ankeny Towing is the preferred towing provider for most insurance companies. They're on call 24-7. Program 515-964-9816 into your phone now for Ankeny Towing. That's 515-964-9816. Ankeny Towing, your relationship. Reliable towing. Are you going to the Central Iowa Business Conference on October 11th? It's a day focused on helping Central Iowa businesses master their processes and accelerate their success. I'm Todd McDonald from ATW Training Solutions. My team and I will be attending because we know that in order to move forward, you sometimes need to take a step back, look at where you are and where you want to go. October 11th is one of those days for us. We're looking forward to hearing from nationally recognized authors that are excited to help Central Iowa companies. One of those authors is Gina Wickman author of the best-selling book, Traction. We've seen the success of his traction concepts not only in our own business, but many of the companies we work with. We're also looking forward to hearing from Vicki Halsey, co-author of the book, Legendary Service, because we know how important it is to take care of our customers. If you're looking to master your business, come learn from the experts. The Central Iowa Business Conference is presented by EO Iowa and Mediacom. For more information, visit centraliowabusinessconference.com or contact the Urbandale Chamber of Commerce. Hey, it's Trent Condon here from Jimmy B and TC. If you've been talking and thinking about improving your health, I have an idea for you. Do what I did. Call New Leaf Wellness. My weight had been increasing, my endurance during workouts was waning, and I was just feeling sluggish. New Leaf Wellness put together a program to help me lose weight, improve my energy, and they can do the same for you. Call New Leaf Wellness today at 515-650-1358 to schedule a free, no-obligation consultation. That's 515-650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. And tell them TC sent you. Cap is back. Flag Guy here. We're proud to sponsor the foremost expert on all things Chicago, Dave Kaplan, weekly here on the Ken Miller Show. While Cap has the behind the scenes on your favorite Chicago sports team, we have the flags, Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks, Sox, Cubs. We've got them all. Northwestern, too. I guess they kind of count. Check out our Chicago flags and a whole lot more online at heartlandflags.com. And peep the retail store, too. 3719 Southwest 9th, Des Moines. Kate here with Food Dudes Delivery. Are you tired of the same old delivery options? Food Dudes Delivery can solve that problem for you. We deliver for restaurants that don't do delivery. Order through us at fooddudesdelivery.com. Place your order for lunch today, dinner tonight, or your office party tomorrow at fooddudesdelivery.com. You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG. All right, welcome back. It's the Ken Miller Show, 1700 KBGG. Trent Condon and myself with you for another 40 minutes. Trent Condon and Jimmy B. 
Jimmy B and TC today from four until six. You're out and about today. Where are you? Yeah, we got a little Cubs game watch. We'll be out at Villaggio Italian Restaurant. They got good happy hour prices, including uh, one of your favorites, Stella. No. On tap, yeah. So uh, looking for happy hour, maybe ducking out of work a little bit early. Stop on by. A couple things to give away. I'll be watching the Cubs game so you can hang out with us and Watch some baseball. Pretty good afternoon. No, it's a wonderful day of sports. No doubt about that. It was a wonderful day to be a Cyclone fan. Cyclone fans would tell you every day is a wonderful day. It certainly elevated it up a notch this past Saturday as they go into Norman and knock off the Sooners. Dylan Montz was at Matt Campbell's press conference earlier this morning. He joins us. Of course, Dylan now writing at the Ames Tribune. Dylan, uh, Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Dylan? Doing pretty good, guys. How about yourselves? Doing really well. Um, you know, let's start with the press conference first from today. And um, you, you were there. I've got your piece on the Ames Tribune, amestrib.com in front of me, uh, kind of recapping the press conference. And Jacob Park, day-to-day, um, but doesn't sound like he's going to play on Saturday against Kansas, is how I took it. Dylan, did you take it the same way? Yeah, that was kind of my interpretation. He is listed day-to-day. Uh, officially by the program, but um, it, it really the sense is that he won't play. Uh, there is an or on the depth chart between Jacob Park and Kyle Kemp, um, but really I think Matt Campbell went as far as to say that it's not really competition because it can't be a competition if one of the players is not active, which is indicating that Jacob Park isn't active right now, but he is still around the team and on the team just not um, you know, in a capacity where he's going to go play in a game is what, is what I took away. So it sounds like Kyle Kemp will be the guy again on Saturday against Kansas, but um, Jacob Park is still kind of in this flux of, of day-to-day while he tries to manage these personal health issues that um, the team says he has. Uh, Dylan, take us back. Um, you know, prior to Ames Tribune, you were writing for the uh, Cedar Rapids Gazette, and you were, you were around the team since, uh, since August. Zeb Nolan seemed to be the guy that everybody was talking about. I mean, you go back to last year, and we, we talked, uh, uh, you know, when I was uh, had a, wearing a different media hat, if you will, and, you know, we talked about Zeb Nolan and the injury and how excited they were about this kid. And, you know, fast forward a year, he's, he's re- uh, coming back from the injury. But everybody had just assumed he was going to get the be the guy if, if Park got hurt. Was there any chatter surrounding Kyle Kemp in August or in the first weeks of the season? Redshirt senior, um, re- really? I mean, even psych, hardcore Cyclone fans didn't know much about this kid. Was there much talk at all about Kyle Kemp at all? Yeah, not really a ton from a standpoint of him coming in and playing in the game. I think people liked Kyle Kemp for the reasons Matt Campbell kind of talked about in his press conference this morning, people like his demeanor. Um, he's really kind of a stoic guy. doesn't really show a lot of emotion. Even after that win Saturday, uh, you know, he, there was locker room video and he was getting hoisted up on guys' shoulders and he wasn't really hooting and hollering like the rest of them. So it was really kind of an interesting uh, personality trait that he has. But I think it's really good for the situation that he's in. You want your quarterback to be kind of even-keeled and not really – uh, go with the highs and lows so much. And I think that's kind of part of the reason why they went with Kyle Kemp over Zeb Noland is, is he's kind of been there and seen that even though he doesn't have the in-game reps. He's been, this is his fifth year in college now, so he kind of knows a little bit of what the expectations are and can kind of weather some of the storms that, that come with being a starting quarterback, especially in a Big 12 game. So I think that's the reason he got the nod, um, you know, and, and really – his skill set isn't really what was talked about in fall camp. It was kind of what I was saying with 
with um, his personality and kind of, kind of that studying presence that he had in the quarterback room. But he showed, um, you know, he can be more than just a studying presence. He can go make plays and deliver throws uh, when, they, when they need him to, really. So if Jacob Park comes back, does he get the job? I mean, let's say Kemp goes out again this week, has another big performance. They cruise against Kansas. You don't want to see a guy lose a job because of that, but Kemp puts on that kind of performance. It's difficult to take the job away from him, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think that's probably the biggest question. Number one, when does Jacob Park come back? Is it after two games? Is it after three, after four, or five? I mean, they could go on all season. This day-to-day stuff, it really is kind of ambiguous about when he will come back. But I think that's going to be the next big dilemma is, or, or big question, I should say, what is going to happen with this quarterback job? I uh, as good as Kyle Kemp was against Oklahoma, and you know you should expect more of the same against a team like Kansas that struggled a lot this year. Um, it, it, I, it's hard for me to kind of speculate and say what would happen at this point. I think they would probably go back to Jacob Park just because um, his arm strength and talent level is probably a little bit more than Kyle Kemp's, just to be honest. But uh, that is kind of a tough, uh, a tough decision that the coaches will have because. Kyle Kemp did show that he can do some things. And uh, if nothing else, um, they're going to have, uh, you know, quality depth between Kemp and Nolan in that quarterback room, something Iowa State hasn't really had in, in quite a while. Uh, back back to Saturday, I didn't see, and, and maybe he was and I just missed it, did Songamoa play in that football game? It's hard to miss him. He's, you know, he's that big with that uh, with that head of hair. I didn't see him out there. Did he play? Yeah, I, I'm not sure if he played. I, I don't remember um, – seen him record a stat or a tackle um you know i haven't gone back to watch watch the game yet to be honest so i i, I couldn't tell you uh with all honesty or accuracy so um but it, it is something that um you know matt campbell's talked about before trying to get depth in that defensive line so it, you know it is it is something that maybe needs to be kept an eye on for sure well alex uh, of course all the conversation about excuse me, Dylan, uh, all the conversation about everything happening with the linebacker and Joel Lanning. But, you know, the defensive backfield, there were times where, you know, Baker Mayfield had all day to throw. And find anybody. We we had question marks about this defensive backfield throughout the first four or five weeks. They played, felt like their best game against that high-powered Oklahoma defense offense. Yeah, I think so, too. And they, they had kind of the luxury of having – at times five, six, seven guys drop back in pass coverage. So they had a lot of bodies back there to try to um, to help, uh, you know, stave off that Oklahoma offense and some of those receivers that they had. But I thought they played really well. They didn't miss a ton of tackles in space, obviously, um, with a guy like Baker Mayfield and with some of those receivers that have size and stuff, you're going you're gonna to miss plays every once in a while. But I thought for the most part they covered really well, really didn't let uh, a lot of plays happen after – um, yards after contact and things of that nature. But uh, that was the game that Iowa State needed to have in the secondary, frankly, um, you know, just because the defensive line and the linebackers have kind of shouldered most of the load against uh, some of these teams early in the season. To see them come out and play well against a team of that caliber, I think, was really encouraging as you kind of get into the rest of the Big 12 schedule. Uh, you know, was uh, I think maybe um, calmed some nerves or some fears when it when it came. I mean, Iowa State and kickers, we we know the history there, right? Uh, but and Garrett Owens did not have a good year, Dylan. I remember talking about this you with you uh, after spring camp and uh, you know all throughout August. Um, you know, Garrett Owens is what what Garrett Owens is we going is Iowa State going to get? 
He's been really good. I mean, he hasn't missed a point after. I think he's 7 out of 8 in field goals. Uh, he's got a couple 40-plus. Garrett Owens is is calming some cyclone-kicking nerves, I would think, as far as that fan base. He's been um, he's been good. Yeah, he has been really good. And I think that gets overlooked at times. But And that was kind of the thing. I think I even tweeted, um, you know, early on in the game, it was 14 to nothing, and then they go out and kick a field goal and, um, you know, I, I think I tweeted something in effect of field goals probably aren't going to make the difference in this game, but it was nice positive reinforcement yep. to have a sustained drive like that and end up in points. But really the field goals ended up obviously being the difference in the game and we're really kind of able to, to keep them within striking distance. And then when it was 24 to 16, obviously they came, Iowa State came back, scored that touchdown, and then Alan Lazard uh, converted on the two-point try. So I, I think Garrett Owens has been, when he's been out there, um, you know, I don't know if people are – seen him go out there and then automatically nervous i think people kind of got over their kicking nerves uh with iowa state guys last year when cole metton had yeah. such a great year and then garrett owens has kind of carried that over and, and done really well that only miss was um it was a, that weird 25 yarder or whatever against akron but otherwise i think people have really um you know had confidence and certainly the coaches had confidence in what he's been able to do so that's that's a good thing as you move into big 12 games where sometimes um you know the goals won't always make the difference but um it's it's nice for them to know that when they need a guy to go make a kick, he can be capable of it. Dylan, we've seen big upsets out of this football program before, but then kind of the thud afterwards. How does Matt Campbell get them to take that next step, to take this as a building block as opposed to just the high point of the season? Yeah, that's kind of a thing he talked about to the team in a video after the game, and then he kind of brought it back up again today. And I think this has kind of been Matt Campbell's uh, deal all along, he's not really ever gotten too high or too low. I, I know after the Texas game, people wanted to see him maybe get a little bit more frustrated or outwardly angry about some things, but he kind of just stayed down the middle of the road, and really, uh, you wouldn't have been able to tell necessarily the difference between the win against Oklahoma and the win against Akron or Northern Iowa. They're all pretty much the same. He says the message is just to uh, obviously learn what you did well in the win, um, but not to dwell on it. And he, he mentioned a couple times that um, certainly that's a, that's a big moment, but that's not the end of the season. There's there's so many more games left to play um, that that can just be something you hang your hat on. So I think he's really preaching that message of of not patting yourselves on the back too hard, or if you have a tough loss, not really lingering on it too much. You really, um, as cliche as it is, and I hate to even talk about it, but you got to just really focus in on the moment uh, that you're in, and that's all you can really do. And I think that he's hammered at home more so than, than um, you know, than we've heard in the past from from other people. So it's it's really kind of interesting to see the approach he takes even after big wins like that. Uh, the receiving core was going to be a strength on this football team, and it clearly is. Lazard and Butler and Trevor Ryan had a nice touchdown. Deshante Jones didn't light up the uh, stat sheet this past week through a huge block. I think it was Marchie Murdoch's touchdown. And, and Marchie Murdoch's the guy that's really caught my eye, um, uh, Dylan. The, the, the long touchdown run. He doesn't have a ton of catches this year, but his yards... Uh, per catch have to be up there amongst the best on the team. Uh, he's got multiple touchdowns. Marchie Murdoch in what is a very, very deep receiving core, uh, making the most out of his final season of eligibility. Yeah, he really is. He came in late, uh, or I guess it was right at the start of fall camp last year. So all of the 2016 season, he was kind of playing catch up and, and trying to learn the schemes and really wasn't able to see, obviously, uh, the reps on the game, on the field in, in games that he wanted to. But 
he's really come in and I think had a good off season from the sound of it and has carried that over into the fall and, and kind of become a reliable target. Obviously, um, Lazard and Butler are going to draw a lot of attention, but Marquis Murdoch is that third guy, uh, that bigger outside receiver has really, I think, been impressive and, and had some, like you said, uh, really long uh, yards after catch and been able to kind of uh, speed up the sidelines a little bit. So it's just another nice, reliable target for whoever the quarterback is. Um, you know, the, the biggest asset a quarterback can have is knowing he can trust his receivers to go make those catches. And, um, you know, the drop, drops pop up every once in a while, and that's been a talking point at times this season. But I thought on Saturday they were really, really solid there. Uh, I think maybe only two drops for the team that I can remember, really, and they were both towards the beginning of the game. Otherwise, I think uh, Marchie Murdoch and all those other receivers, Trevor Ryan, um, Deshante Jones, they've shown to be reliable, too. So it's, it's a really nice spot that that group is in right now. Kansas comes in, 20-point dogs to the Cyclones, uh, a big flip from last week. Kansas can move the football a little bit, but just awful defensively here. You know, there's going to be talk about you know, how you, you come back after that victory here. Let down. Yeah. Have you taken a peek yet at the Jayhawks at all? Or, well, it is Kansas. We're Tough not talking basketball. Yeah, I, I haven't really watched much of their games. I saw a little bit against Texas Tech. And, yeah, uh, they, they just really struggle. They can piece together some things every once in a while, but they can't really stop anybody, uh, to be honest. So I think it's, it's a thing where Iowa State – um, you know, if they can uh, stick to those principles that they did offensively against Oklahoma and can get David Montgomery carries, um, I think they'll be too much for Kansas to handle offensively. And then the defense, I think, for Iowa State has been kind of a surprise um, all season, obviously, like we've talked about with the, the front seven uh, kind of stepping up beyond expectations. I think that group, again, continued to play well against Oklahoma. So, um, you know, on paper, things look like Iowa State should, should go out and, and be able to take care of business, but um, like we saw last week, it's, it's uh, you know, whatever the numbers are on paper don't always match up. So I think that's kind of the other thing is Matt Campbell's really stressing that message. Look what we did to this team that was, quote-unquote, better than us last week. Um, you know, we can't have uh, the same thing happen to us this week, just the week after. Otherwise, uh, it kind of would feel like a lot of that goodwill would be undone, certainly. Uh, great stuff, Dylan. We'll catch up with you. Get our last look. Kansas and Iowa State uh, coming up at eleven o'clock in the morning. We'll get uh, get with you on Friday uh, to preview it. Thank you, Dylan. Yep. Thanks, guys. Take care. Yep. You do the same, Dylan Mont's Ames Tribune. Uh, so, Trent, the Texas Tech Iowa State game is also eleven o'clock on the twenty first. So, so we're back in the same boat again. Announcements: Our twelve day window opens up. Possibility. Are we going to get something? No. Nope. Right. Right on top of one another. Well, if it works out the same and both Iowa and Iowa State win, all right, that's fine. Absolutely. Right. That we'll would get, we'll uh, find a way to get through it. That would get the Hawks to, uh, they would be 5-2. Five 5-2. And two. Five and two. Iowa State would then be 5-2 and because we're going to assume that they go to 4-2 and two this week. Right. Got to be feeling pretty good about bowl trips. Has Iowa and Iowa State ever been the 2002 year probably? Both 5-2? and two? Last time that happened, now we know the wheels fell off of Iowa, well, Iowa State yeah, after that did. Oklahoma. Yeah, That's that was big, right. Yeah. I mean, Seneca was a, high, a legitimate yes. Heisman conversation. Game day was doing that. stories on him, mm-hmm. and well, 49-3, I think, was the final was down in Norman. Yeah. Yeah. That's how they always end there. Right. <laughs> right. Until this week. It's just so crazy. With Good for Jacob them. Jacob Park rumors all over the place. No shot. 
We both said the same. No shot. No, no we're not alone. No. <laughs> Cyclone Jerry picked against him. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not Jerry. But very few have were taken uh, uh, going down the same path he was. We'll take a timeout. We'll head to Chicago next. Jordan Burnfield will be here to preview Cubs Nationals, Bears, Vikings. What a night of sports in the Windy City. Jordan Burnfield is next. It's the Ken Miller Show. Trent Condon and myself with you Monday through Friday from noon until 2 on 1700 KBGG. Afternoons, we talk sports on 1700 with Jimmy B and TC, Des Moines' savviest sports duo on the Big Talker, 1700 KVGG. Losing a loved one hurts. Amanda the Panda is here to help. For nearly 40 years, the local nonprofit program has been helping grieving families find hope and healing. Registration is now open for its fall support group for the Camp Amanda the Panda held October 14th and 15th in Indianola. Learn more and register for free at amandathepanda.org or call. 515-223-HUGS. That's amandathepanda.org. 515-223-HUGS. Are you in the mood for real, classic, homemade Italian food? Well, I have the spot for you. It's Villaggio. Two locations. The newest location in Urbandale, 2675 100th Street. The original in Norwalk. Classic dishes like cavatelli, spaghetti, lasagna, and vodka rigatoni. Top-notch pizza and awesome sandwiches. A great happy hour and Italian done right. Villaggio. Welcome to Ankeny's Greatest New Neighborhood Restaurant, where everything is fresh and local. It's the Fletcher, full-service kitchen and bar. The Fletcher is the ideal place to grab lunch with colleagues, dinner with the family, or a craft beer and a cocktail with friends, or a date on the patio. Rustic and contemporary influences collide, and the menu combines the very best comfort food with the latest food trends. Fresh salads, hand-tossed pizzas, juicy burgers, and classics from their smokehouse selection, like pork chops and ribs, chicken, prime rib, and steaks. You'll discover an amazing atmosphere and on at the Fletcher and feel right at home. Two private dining rooms, great for holiday parties. Open Tuesday through Saturday for lunch and dinner with live music on Friday and Saturday nights and a terrific brunch from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Sundays. Located in Ankeny at 1802 North Ankeny Boulevard. And the Fletcher is this week's sweet deal of the week. Get $50 worth of certificates for only $25. Get this week's Fletcher sweet deal Friday morning at 9 a.m. at 1700kbgg.com. Welcome to the Fletcher. You're among friends. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Back to Miller and Condon on 1700 KBGG. All right, welcome back. It's the Ken Miller Show, 1700 KBGG. Some college football breaking news. Gary Anderson out at Oregon State. Uh, maybe he should have tried hard to get along with Barry Alvarez of Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, he's out at Oregon State. Uh, so the Beavers looking for a new coach. Let's head to Chicago, shall we? Jordan Burnfield, good friend of the program. He joins us to talk what is a very, very busy sports day in Chicago. Jordan, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing fine. You know, Trent and I were talking off air logistically. Let's get uh, let's get your take on this. If you were to be for, one of the fortunate few that could go to both of these events today, let's say it's a three-hour game, 6.30, 6.30, final out at Wrigley Field. Could you get to Soldier Field by, by kickoff at 7.25? Um, probably yes, if you took the L, but it would be You'd close. have to, right? Yeah, I, that's the only way you'd make it. I think, though, that you'd probably miss the kickoff, but you'd be close. But you'd really, if the game ended at 6.30, the problem, as you guys know, is when you leave 
Wrigley Field, you and everybody else are trying to get on that L. So yeah. if you got one of the first runs, then you might make it. Uh, John Jay, Chris Bryant, Rizzo, Contreras, Zobris, Schwarber, Haywood, Russell, and Quintana uh, is Joe Madden's lineup today. Javier Baez uh, not going to start in the game. Um, do you, do, is, is this the right lineup to go against Scherzer, do you think? Well, I understand the, the line of choices for Joe Madden guys, and the reason is that you know, Joe wants to get as many left-handed hitters in there mm-hmm. as possible and against a pitcher as good as Max Scherzer. Um, you also, I think, wonder with Javi's play discipline issues at times whether that's a good matchup for him. But, you know, the one thing I would say is that it's easy in, in this format for us to dissect these lineups, but the truth of the matter is I'm sure Baez is going to be in the game by oh, the sure. seventh inning if the Cubs are winning or even if it's a one-run game that they're behind because – you want him in defensively, and I don't think Schwarber will be in the game past the seventh inning for defensive purposes. So, you know, I get the reason that they have the lefties in. The numbers are certainly better uh, for left-handed hitting against Scherzer than right-handers. I mean, right-handers have a 44% strikeout rate against Max Scherzer, which is really kind of amazing. So, you know, you want to have as many lefties in there as possible, and that's what Joe's done. Well, you mentioned Max Scherzer. He's coming off his own uh, hamstring injury, what's been plaguing Jake Arrieta. When Arrieta came back, it was a struggle, especially with pitch count. What's the latest you've heard over there with the uh, ace of the Nationals? Well, that he's not 100%, but that he's going to gut it out. He said on MLB Network this morning that he believes he's 100%, but I think that that was gamesmanship by him. Mm -hmm. Um, I've heard that, that he is not, but... You know, when he is healthy, uh, he might be the best pitcher in the sport. So it's obviously going to be very difficult to face him if he's anywhere close to 100%. But we all know that if he truly were 100%, he would have started game one to give him an opportunity to throw in game five. And I know that Scherzer did say that, you know, he's discussed with management the idea of potentially pitching in game five. But I really think it's going to depend upon how he looks today. You know, if he's able to throw five, six stress-free innings, and his hamstring seems okay. Uh, maybe that is an option for the Nationals potentially in a game five, but I think that we all know that as good as Steven Strasburg is, and don't get me wrong, he was one of the best pitchers in baseball this year, that if he were fully healthy, Max Scherzer would have started game one. So I think that he's definitely not going to be 100% today. Hmm. Jordan, uh, we know there's going to be a game four. Do we know for sure that Arietta's going to make the start tomorrow? Yes, uh, he said that he's going to make the start. The Cubs have said as much. Uh, Arietta had the press conference today in which he talked about Game 4 and how uh, excited he is about this start. Uh, so, you know, it all signs point to him pitching, barring something unforeseen between now and tomorrow. But, you know, Jake Arietta, as we all know, uh, did not pitch particularly well in his final start in the regular season because he was complaining of issues with that hamstring. But at the same time, uh, Jake is a guy with tremendous playoff experience, won two games on the road in the World Series last year. Um, we all remember his incredible performance in the wild card game in 2015. So this is a battle-tested uh, pitcher who thrives, frankly, in postseason situations. And certainly, whether the Cubs are up 2-1 or down 2-1, uh, Arietta is a guy that you want on the mound. So he is planning to make the start. Obviously, you never know and with, with a guy like that if, if for some reason he were to wake up the wrong way, maybe something changes, but the plan is for him to go. 
The hanger to Bryce Harper. Mm, 3-1 count. Carl Edwards Jr. up there on the bump. First the decision for him to uh, be out there. I know there were plenty of people questioning Madden on that one. And and does that lead to maybe a change in, in philosophy going forward here in the bullpen? You know, I get that in the postseason, guys, that everybody wants to play armchair manager and they mm-hmm. want to question what the manager does and they're going to dissect everything. And that's what you know, make sports radio go, right? But I think when you look at the decision to pitch Edwards, he's been really good against left-handed batting, A. Uh, B, we know that Joe Madden is a guy who doesn't really, um, I think, use the sort of lefty-lefty-righty-righty mentality to the same degree that more old-school managers were. Uh, Carl Edwards had, the, I think, the fourth best weighted on base average against lefty hitters. Uh, in the National League this year. So, I mean, there are numbers that could have pointed to Edwards pitching there. There's numbers that could have pointed to, to a lefty pitching in that situation. The bottom line is Edwards and Montgomery are two guys that if the Cubs are going to make a deep run again in the postseason, they have to perform. And the fact is they just did not perform. And, you know, we can say that Joe Madden maybe could have used a lefty in that situation against Harper, but... You know, the pitch that Edwards threw is a hanging breaking ball down the middle of the plate, and Bryce Harper's a great hitter, and obviously when you hang a breaking ball to him, he's going to hit it 450 feet like he did on Saturday. So, you know, I, I, I personally did not have a problem with the way that he managed it. Um, I understand the people that say that he should have used a lefty in that spot. Um, I don't think Joe's going to change it because, as we know, guys, Joe is pretty – uh, strong in his beliefs and why he does things, and he doesn't really back down when people challenge him, even though I think that he's fine with the criticism from people. Uh, so I don't expect him to change anything, and I think that, like I said, both of those guys have to perform if the Cubs are going to make a run. Uh, how much confidence uh, do you think they have in Jose Quintana, Jordan? Because and Jordan Burnfield is our guest. We've seen him have some incredibly good starts. Uh, double-digit strikeouts, I think, on two occasions, including late in the season. Um, what what about Quintana? Because he's been, you know, as I watch him, kind of hit and miss since he's come over from the White Sox. He's either really good or kind of really mediocre. Obviously, today they need him to be in that really good category. Uh, what kind of confidence do you think that they have that he will be really good today? I mean, they say that they have confidence in him, but I think that the truth is that, one, they brought him in here to be able to pitch games like this. Two, we really don't know because he's never pitched in the postseason. And I think that, you know, fair or not, he could be compared to Chris Sale, who started game one of the ALDS for the Red Sox and got clobbered, yep. um, who had never pitched in the postseason. Now, obviously, two different things. And, you know, is it fair uh, to lump them together? Probably not. But the truth of the matter is that, you know, people are going to look at that because they're both former White Sox who are high-profile guys who had never pitched in this spot. Now, the one thing that the Cubs have said about Quintana is that they laud his preparation, the way that he goes about uh, getting ready for starts, that he's ultra-focused, that you know those are things that um, they think bode well for them and, and can work perhaps in their favor. But we don't know because I think that there's because there's nothing to base it off of, while Jose Quintana, I think when he's on, is one of the better pitchers in the game, we've never seen him in a spot like this. So I think that certainly if he can match Max Scherzer for five, six innings, uh, the Cubs will have an opportunity to move ahead in this series. 
Um, but, you know, I think it really remains to be seen. And, and I think that the more that we see Quintana over the years in the postseason, we'll have a better idea of what to expect. Well, it's not just the Cubs today. The Bears in action. Uh, Ken was asking about the possibility of a double dip. What's the buzz around the city for the Bears one? With the, with the Cubs game being up first, but it's Trubisky making his first start. Now, what, what are people talking about as it pertains to the Bears? Yeah, I mean, Trent, there's a lot of buzz about Trubisky's first start. I think that um, the two events are kind of competing with each other because they're both today. Um, I think, fortunately for the the most diehard of Chicago sports fans, they're one before the other, so you don't have to make a decision on what to watch. Right. Um, but, yes, there's obviously uh, a lot of buzz going into this because it's Trubisky. I think people were just so fed up with Mike Lennon, and they were just so annoyed that he was still quarterbacking, and it just sort of felt like the games were meaningless. And now, you know, they're not meaningless in, in the sense that, you know, if Mitchell Trubisky turns out to be something that um, obviously the Bears may have a brighter future than it currently looks. So there's definitely going to be a lot of eyes on that. There's definitely going to be, um, you know, a, a lot of scrutiny regarding his start tonight. But, you know, truthfully, guys, it's, it's sort of funny how these things work because, to me, this Cubs game is just so much bigger yeah. than a Week 5 Bears game with a rookie quarterback. And I think that, you know, in the society that we're in now, if Trubisky looks good tonight, it's he's going to the Hall of Fame and the Bears are going to win the Super Bowl. And yeah. if he stinks tonight, it's a referendum on the organization and everyone should be fired. You know, so it's like I think that there's probably going to be a ton of overreaction to it. Um, but because it's Trubisky, there's definitely way more buzz. Jordan, great stuff. Appreciate talking to you as always. Thank you, Jordan Burnfield. Great to catch up with you. Anytime, guys. Take care. Thank you. Jordan Burnfield calling from Chicago, previewing the Cubs and the Bears, and he's 100% right, and that's what moves the Sports Talk Radio needle, every single city that... Uh, Isn't it crazy? It though? really is. I mean, there's no doubt. It's game three of a playoff series, tied up at one, mm-hmm. but people are all about a team that is going nowhere. Nowhere. Yeah. And it's Monday Night Football still rules the roost. Yeah. And I look, I can't wait for, for both of them. But yeah, yeah. For absolute both of them. Do the Cubs win? Yes. You trust Quintana? I do. I trust him more than you. I think this is more an indictment for me of Scherzer. I'm really concerned. Yeah, understandably so. Look, with Quintana, it's pretty simple. It seems like if he gets through the first couple of innings, yeah. he'll be fine. But if they, he's been shaky early in his start. So is John Lester, though. Yeah. Um, so Arietta would go tomorrow. If there is a game five, it's back to Kyle Hendricks. And you know what? What he showed on Friday, Trent, he was lights out, man. He was really, really good. Continue. I he's done it for two years though, right? Yes. What did he, did miles he get, an yeah, hour? He, did he pitch seven? I think he pitched seven. He yes. Yes. Yep. So these I don't know. He was he was great. He was Momentum, great. How much did it change on? Uh, well, that Tuesday? was a blow. That was a blow. Saturday I thought night. that the Cubs were getting back on the plane to yep. zip. I, I really did, did. I was there. Yep. And then the hanger happened. And the game and ch- changed are. on that swing of the bat, did it not? All right, real quick. Uh, you are where? Villaggio, 100th Street in Urbandale. Happy hour specials and uh, watching the Cubs. I'll be there here in about an hour. Good. And uh, set up four to six. We'll be live from there. Jimmy B and TC. And your guest list is? Uh, we got Zuba Mahente stopping yep. by. Jeff Hughes will preview the Bears-Vikings. And Alex Halstead with more Cyclone Talk. Can't get enough of that. Uh, it's just the story of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Maybe the, one of the stories of the year in college football. We will be back tomorrow. Uh, Trent and I are here every Monday through Friday from noon until 2. It's the Ken Miller Show. Thank you for listening on 1700 KBGG.
Sunday night, Monday night, and Thursday night football from Westwood One, only on 1700 KBGG. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company, and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we don't just show up with a dumpster and trailer in your driveway. We arrive with a business card in hand, ready to take care of your home. Whether it's a simple roof repair, a complete re-roofing project, or a new construction